we're all protecting you. We have, we have all protected, protected you. you. About my marriage? About what you told us about your marriage. With the mostest? We're not dressed for this. I don't ever bring you guys around me like that. Let me tell you something. The only thing. If I want to see that, I would have wrote it. I mean, I'm not really sure what I've done to you, but I'm looking for you Welcome to the Hot and Bravo podcast on the Buttered Pop Network. I'm Armin, and I'm back for another Vanderpump Rules recap, and I'm joined with the great, the one and only host of the Holly Shook podcast, that is Ryan Alkire. How are you, Ryan? I'm so good. Thank you. Happy to be back. I'm happy to actually know the words that you used to describe me this time, which is just great. So actually, I'm not a little offended. The compliments are getting worse each week. Well, I'm getting to know you more now that we're doing the Vanderpump Rules recaps every week. And those uh, those adjectives just don't apply anymore. I love that you can still get to know me more after we've been friends for four years, five years. Yeah, four or and five talk, years now. Talk multiple times a week, podcast multiple times a week for four years. But you're just starting to get to know me more now. I love that. Well, that is the beauty of you, Rye. There is always something new to learn about you. I mean, <laughs> after last week's late night conversation, I <laughs> I think we both learned a lot more about each other, but we're not going to go there for the podcast. Oh, thank God. I actually, it, it took me days to go back and actually, I famously don't listen back to the podcast because I'm afraid of myself and my voice is obnoxious, but I did go back and listen to like the last 15 minutes and it was a journey. Very chaotic. Yeah. I'm sorry. We We apologize, but... Thanks for sticking with us. Also, in my intro this time, I meant to say the one and only Ryan Alkire, but then I wanted to squeeze in host of the Holly Shook podcast. So mm. it kind of sounds like you're the one and only host of the Holly Shook podcast, which is inaccurate. I'm also a co-host of the Holly Shook podcast. Uh, I feel like I, yeah. I should clarify just to be precise. I don't know. Yeah, but I'm still like kind of like the one and only. Fair. So. Yeah, to be even more precise. We're all about yeah. precision, I think. Precision Pre- is our game. Precision is key with us. Um, we don't like to kind of like stray off or like be extra or... No. Figurative other. ever. Like we are very literal and precise. We don't do bits. We, we're not known at all for doing bits. Mm. Never done one. No. Never done one. Um, and speaking of, we should get a little bit into this episode. And um, <laughs> That's the best segue we've ever done. Thank you. And what an episode it was. We chatted a little bit before recording. It really was the Sheena episode. It was a lot of Sheena. A lot of Sheena. I have a controversial take, uh, maybe. I think that was the worst episode of Vanderpump Rules ever. Really? I couldn't stand it. Maybe it was just too much Sheena for me, and I famously am not a Sheena fan. Mm -hmm. I couldn't enjoy the episode. Funnily enough, um, it was decent in terms of drama to non-drama ratio and we watched definitely for the drama but i watched to enjoy myself as well yeah i don't know i i, I didn't feel good watching it what in in my opinion it wasn't a pleasurable hour of television and that matters to me yeah see i get that um i have been pretty bored this season as you guys know and i actually was not bored this episode i I do have to say, maybe this was your least favorite episode of all history of Vanderpump Rules, but I will say 
that it had a moment, a scene, that was maybe one of my favorite scenes in the past couple seasons of Vanderpump Rules. Was it the psychic scene? It was the psychic scene. I was obsessed with that. I hated that scene. Okay, let's just start with it. Because we're chaotic and we don't care. We're not going to go by the way the episode went. Um, Let's just start with the psychic scene. Okay, why did you love it? I hated it. Okay, so for me, I think we've talked about this a little bit this season. It's feeling very... I don't want to say... I don't want to use the word produced, but it's feeling very... It's just boring. I'm not getting like... I'm not... I haven't been getting, and we've talked about this, the reality the rawness the like the whatever that we that we got at the beginning of the series i would say one of the other most raw moments that was very like you almost forget about it was when james and raquel walked into vanderpump dogs when lala was there and like whatever you know it's moments like that that i live for where it feels so natural and such such a real moment. Can I quickly touch on that? I, I do think one of the endearing qualities of the docuseries is that raw element that you're speaking of. So when it becomes too produced and there is this like really gaudy high production value, you lose that endearing quality. Yeah. And the last few seasons, no doubt, have been incredible from a production value standpoint. You could tell they went from like sometimes a single camera for a scene in season one or two to now they have four, five, six cameras. Uh, You have the shots to establish um, location. You have all these beautiful like panning shots. I mean, the production value, the editing, it's at its peak, but I do think you lose that endearing quality. So I just wanted to touch on that because I think you're absolutely right. I also just really quickly want to touch on the fact that you called it a docuseries. Um, Isn't it? it's a reality show. <laughs> well, but but reality shows come in different genres, right? There's the competition reality show. There's the docu-series. There's all sorts of different types of reality shows. This is a docu-series, wouldn't you say? No, I would not call it a docu-series. <laughs> in the OG days, it was. In, maybe in the OG days, but it's still structured like a like a narrative. It still like has like whatever. A docu-series to me is like, even more so like Tiger King or like stuff like that. Right, right. Maybe <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking well, of the wrong I, word. Maybe maybe the terminology is off. I get I get where you're coming from, docuseries. It was just I've never heard it described as a docuseries and it made me laugh a little bit. <laughs> to me, it's just like trash reality TV, which is like, let's be honest, that's why we're all here. Fair um, enough. Okay, but so yes, I agree the production. It, it just I don't it just doesn't feel as real some of the drama feels a little contrived and we've Mm -hmm. even said it a lot this season with like drama happens and then the next episode it's over the Raquel and Lala fight that was like two episodes haven't heard about it since Tom we were expecting the Tom Schwartz yelling at Katie thing to like last a couple episodes like really see the effects of that resolved the next episode and not to say the psychic drama wasn't resolved in the exact same episode because it was but I just, I was like, that was to me, like, I was gasping. I was like, that is reality TV. Because Sheena got caught in a fucking lie. And I think in my head, Sheena was, like, trying to produce this scene of, like, I'm going to bring a psychic. It's going to be a gift. I'm going to, like, have this really great moment with Dana, whatever. And Dana was like, what the fuck? No. And just both of their reactions to the situation were so 
real because they were natural. Like they were both not expecting that and they reacted naturally to it. Whereas I think sometimes the, you know, the scenes we get between two characters, it's like, oh, and we talked about it. Like, oh, um, Dana's at work right now, sitting, polishing glasses. Sheena's stopping by to get her tips. Why don't you guys talk about your fight? And not to say what right. they're talking about isn't real, but it feels like kind of set up in, in certain ways, some of the scenes. And I think this one was like, I just thought it was so good. I could watch that again. Like it was like, that was thrilling reality TV to me. So usually, j- just to expound upon that a little bit, usually they schedule a shoot. And like you said, right, they know that they're going to run into each other while Dana's like folding napkins or whatever. And then they're, they're going to talk about their fight. They're going to talk about Sheena's egg retrieval. They're going to talk about a few different things that are then going to you know be used for the narrative of the show. Okay, fine. In this scene... Dana didn't know what was coming. Right. But it was still overly produced, in my opinion, because, I mean, it was obviously a fully contrived event other than the fact that Dana didn't cooperate with it. Well, no, but that's what I'm saying. I think, you know, they knew, the producers and Sheena knew what was about to happen. And I think what made it so good was that Dana flipped it on, on its head and was like, I'm not doing that. But that's and, why it was gross to me. Oh, and like, not that it wasn't good drama, but it was so cringe. I mean, it was fucking cringe. I'm not saying like, I'm not sitting there like laughing and like being like, oh, how, what lighthearted fun TV. Like it was cringy as fucking awkward. And also had this like weird dark undertone of like Dana being like, I'm not going to fucking talk to my mom through a psychic right now. Yeah, She's like, not what- ready for that. I'm not ready for that. And also that's something I should choose to do on my own. Like in what, it just shows, also shows Sheena's delusion of like thinking that's not only an appropriate gift in general, but let alone for a girl that you've known for three months that you have been fighting with on and off the entire time you've known each other would never consider them close friends. So why would you buy that gift for barely an acquaintance who you don't even like that much. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, way closer to being enemies than even being acquaintances at this point, let alone close friends. I mean, close friends right. is far fucking off. Wait, before right. we uh, dive deeper, Rye, what is the most inappropriate gift you've ever received? Inappropriate gift I've ever received? Um, oh, my God. I don't know. Isn't that a great prompt? It is, but I, I can't think of any gifts that I've ever been given a day in my life. Um I have I have one. Oh, I have one. Okay, <laughs> we thought of one at the same time. What's okay. yours? Okay, mine is uh, it's it's not inappropriate. It's very much like something my mom would give me. Um, my mom gave me a twenty pack of waxings from European Wax Center because she. I have like light back hair. Like, okay, sorry, I am a man. You you are super and hairy. I am really hairy, famously, but like. I wouldn't say it's like atrocious that it needs to be taken care of. And my mom one day was like, okay, shush. <laughs> and my mom one day was like, you should like go get your back wax. Like you only have to do it like every few months. Like it's not that big of a deal. And I was like, okay, okay whatever. Like not really thinking about it. And then for Christmas that year, she gave me a 20 pack to European wax center. So I didn't really have the choice, but I have used three of them so far. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. So is it that inappropriate? It wasn't inappropriate, but it was very passive aggressive. Yeah. There was a message. Uh, behind the the gift and uh, you know maybe you weren't into you know wanting to wax your back but uh so it's either you use the gift or not 
in a very um, Dana way, I think that that should be my decision of when I want mm-hmm. to take care of my own things and not somebody else's forcing it upon me. But I did happily accept it and I have used it. I mean, you uh, getting back wax is basically the same as someone uh, ambushing you, wanting you to talk to a, a dead relative with a right. psychic without any forewarning. Like emotionally, it's very similar in terms of where you have to be on a personal emotional basis to do those two things. De- definitely similar. I think it's a little bit more traumatizing for you in your case. For- oh, absolutely. But getting waxed hurts, okay? I don't want to be put myself through pain as a present, right. so pretty rude. Dana's scenario, less traumatizing, but again, similar playing fields we're talking about here. Uh, real quick, my most inappropriate gift ever, a mechanical razor. Here's my thing with gifts like that. Like, don't tell me how to shave. And I appreciated yeah. the gift. I, I can't switch up my, my shaving game, you know, because of a gift. It, it's just, that's to me, that's a very intimate life routine, right? It's yeah. like somebody buying you deodorant. It's like, well, I have the deodorant I use. I appreciate okay. it, but, you know. My mom puts deodorant in our stockings every fucking year <laughs> for Christmas. And it's always, like, that, yeah. I get that. I'm like, you I feel me, right? Own. Unless you're going to ask me which deodorant I use beforehand and buy that one. Like, don't fucking send me this random ass fucking gel deodorant. Um, also, I love that both of our inappropriate gifts involved hair removal. So that's very telling. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, okay, let's talk about, I'm sure I know the fans are here to, to listen to us talk about hair removal, but but we will get back to Vanderpump Rules. Okay, so... I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to hear what other people think about this scene because I fucking loved it. I thought it was so good. I think I applauded Dana for the way she handled it because it was. Per- I thought it was just great television, and I thought it was the way she handled it was like she didn't. She stood her ground. She didn't like. It, she didn't like forgive or excuse like what Sheena was doing just because Sheena was clearly like shaken about it. Going downstairs, interrupting her conversation with the psychic, bringing her back upstairs. Like, I thought that was so good. And uh, I just thought, I just missed that type of moment in in certain reality television shows in general. And, oh, it was great. So I have two major reasons why I don't like this scene. Okay, for one, there there's the moral question of doing this. And... I think Sheena should have just never done this. Even though you are maybe producing a great scene of reality TV, I think it was deeply, deeply immoral. And then you have the way it all played out, and she did not handle it well. um, Because Dana asks initially, like, wait, is, is the psychic here, like, ready to do this? Like, because Sheena's talking about, like, basically doing it now. And she's like, oh, no, no, she's not here and she's like, oh, okay, I just want to make sure that like you didn't like give her my address and she's outside. She's like, no, 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 I, I never did that. I didn't do that. And then obviously you find out, well, the psychic is there and Sheena's excuse or at least justification for saying what she said because she doesn't want to be deemed a liar is that I didn't give the apartment number. Right. Uh, are you kidding me? So like the morality of all this really bothers me, right? Um, because she lies, obviously obviously she puts Dana in a really terrible position in the first place, it's all bad. Okay, but then yeah. the second part of it that I don't like is that it is so overly produced, and then even follow-up moments in that scene felt produced. Um, obviously, Sheena rolling up with the psychic is insane, but then the loud talking right outside Dana's apartment for her to hear what they're talking about. Yeah, 
But that to me felt like they were trying to draw Dana out. Like they were they were trying to bait her into something. It yes was so no. weird. The camera's like right on them. And they're like, I don't get why she wouldn't want to do this. It makes no sense. And they're like, okay, oh, we're talking no. really loudly. If I was right outside someone's apartment talking to this, the psychic in this exact scenario, I'm whispering. Okay, but here's the thing. They were I screaming. Don't... Okay, but here's the thing. I don't think they were screaming. I think They were screaming, no. Ryan. Armin, shush and listen. <laughs> I, I, will go, I will die on this hill for this scene. Um, I think that in post-production, they upped the mics oh. to play it so we could hear it. I think that, I think that Dana could hear that they were talking and that they were right outside the apartment. I don't think she could hear loud and clear all the words that they were saying. She heard that Sheena's outside having a conversation with someone. Who is that? Oh, probably the fucking psychic. Okay, I'm going to go down and be like, what the fuck's going on? You're right. You're absolutely right. Let me clarify. From an editing standpoint, the, sh- the shot from inside Dana's apartment and the accompanying sound was definitely um, mismatched. Like the the sound that you heard from Dana's apartment wasn't that sound in real life. Right, right. I'm not referring to that. I'm referring to the fact that when they actually cut to Sheena and the psychic talking, you could tell that they were like talking very loudly. You know, that that wasn't like an editing thing after the fact they, they amplified the volume. You could just tell by the way people talk, their cadence. When someone whispers, there's a little bit of a different sort of sound to it, right? They were yeah. talking like we're talking right now at a normal pitch. That makes no sense. I don't know. I'm like, I I think that the I think that the psychic was walking from her car to meet at this apartment building. Sheena walked outside at the same time and <laughs> ran into each other. There's no way you believe that, Raj. The psychic was mic'd up. Well, but yeah, I'm, the psychic was preparing to go into the apartment. That's what I think. Right. Like, That's insane. Oh, I just hated every okay, here, ounce here, here, of here, here. this. Look, 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 look. But see, you like I, it for all that. I hate it for all that. We, we, okay, we see see the same I, things. I, we just hate, like, we have different perspectives on it. Which is not okay. We talk about this <laughs> We have to all agree on everything. That's how the world works. Right, 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 right. You can't have different points of view. You right, can't right, right. Have different opinions. But here's the thing. I, I, I think we're both understanding where each other are coming from, and I, I need to clarify that. I understand your perspective of it was produced. They had the. I believe that they had the psychic sitting out front of Dana's apartment, mic'd up, like, okay, we're just gonna wait for Sheena to like text or like one of the producers to tell you to go in. Like, I'm not saying it was like by happenstance like the psychic was on the sidewalk like i agree that they were planning on having the psychic walk in talk to dana do the whole thing what i'm saying that i think was what gave us this raw emotion from because i think that dana and sheena were both like having emotions you know right they were both upset for for their own reasons and i think that it was the way that it flipped that Sheena then like, okay, had to scurry and come up with an on the spot moment of talking to the psychic and explain it about what's happening now. Like, and that pissed off Dana. Cause Dana's like, so what the fuck you were lying to me this whole time? Like, I think Dana could have just been like, I think Dana wanted Sheena to just say, the psychic is here. If you don't want her to come, I totally get it. I'm sorry that I like thought otherwise. And then Dana would have been like, okay, cool. Yeah. I don't want her to come in. But the fact that she lied and then caught her in the lie and Sheena's famously, I think, bad at lying. <laughs> so I don't know. I just thought it was so good. 
I loved it. No, and I feel you. I mean, I, I was also gasping. And yeah. I was literally at the edge of my seat. I actually got up at one point. I was like, I can't believe this happened. No, I was like literally on my couch like, what's happening? I, I think the moral element, though, bothers me more than anything. And, and you know what I miss, Rai? Like, I miss the ambushing that happened within the scope of the show. Like, I don't mind a good ambush, right? right. Marrakesh. I right. famously referenced Marrakesh once a recap. Literally once a week. So what happened at Marrakesh? Jax was ambushing Stassi after Stassi broke up with him for allegedly at the time cheating on her, right? He was denying it. He was pissed that she was dating Frank. Boom, he ambushes her birthday party at Marrakesh and then he goes shirtless and fights Frank in the parking lot. Gorgeous. Within the scope of the show. I mean, obviously questionably, questionable from a moral standpoint, but to me, not out of bounds. Going and exploiting the death of Dana's mother, to me, that's just out of bounds. That's not within the scope of what this show should be about. And I agree. I'm not saying congratulations, you guys were doing trying to do something good and Dana didn't like it. Like <laughs> I believe that I believe that it's a shitty thing to do to try to set someone up with a psychic to talk to their dead mother who didn't ask for it. I don't think that the producers were like patting themselves on the back thinking that this was a good idea. I think that it was like, Fully with bad intentions. Absolutely. I just don't think they saw it going the way that it went. And I love that. I just loved the like flipping it on its head and like having to having these two people have such natural reactions. And I think that's what I'm missing. I'm missing the like on the spot. Somebody threw this surprise at you and this. How are you going to react? Like, how are you going to react? Fair enough. I just thought it was I just thought it was. It was just 10 times more interesting than any other shit that's happened this season, in my opinion. No, you're right. It reminds me of the only good episode of last season, which was, I talked about a million times, Reptilian Brain. Right. I believe that Reptilian Brain, that whole episode where Bo's mom comes, talks about Reptilian Brain, and then they all fight each other for the rest of the episode. Like, that is genius television. And that, to me, was the last, well, at least that I can remember, the last, like, moment of, like, true reality like raw moments right that isn't like drunk drunk tom schwartz yelling at katie or something which like we've seen a million times no i mean you're right like obviously this was incited by an a super overly produced action but then after that it produces a bunch of organic reactions you're absolutely right and probably the most raw and organic shit we've seen in maybe over a year that's a good way what they what they tried to overly produce turned into a very organic, natural moment. And I think that was what was so... It was a breath of fresh air, in my opinion. I was like, okay. Especially after last episode, which we talked about, or maybe two episodes ago. I don't know. They all fucking run together at this point. But with Max hooking up with the Vanderpump cocktail <sighs> guard, I was like, that was so... That's when they said, eat from your trough, you pigs. <laughs> And I felt so insulted. So I'm like, to see, those are like two opposite sides of the spectrum. Like, we're going to produce something and you're going to be able to tell it's produced and we're not even going to pretend like it's real. And then the opposite side of it, of like, we're going to produce something, but it's not going to go the way we planned and it's going to be fucking real. And I'm like, I love it. That's why, I, that's why I watch reality television is for moments like that. And I'm like, I'm just happy to have had one. Right. No. Well, and I think we actually ride. Worlds aside. You know, we came, we, I think we kind of came to uh, a little bit of a common ground here. Like, we both agree that deeply, deeply immoral, yes. this scene. Um, but, there, but there was some value, uh, at least in terms of entertainment. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, right. absolutely. Okay, it was entertaining. Enough. I mean, look, it was it's a polarizing scene. We, I've I just got more heated about this scene talking to you than. I've had any emotions about in the past six fucking weeks. So this is great. And that's saying a lot considering the conditions uh, of, yeah. of the glo- entire globe right now. I'm more mad at Vanderpump Rules scene than I am with our fucking government breakdown. Um, and to sum it up even more, they fucking have a scene later in the episode where she apologizes and then the drama is over. So it's like, we don't even, it doesn't even, it, the scene doesn't even bring on a bigger storyline, but it gave us just like, such a great moment whether you cringe through it or not it was a great moment and you are so right uh it does sort of start with that same contempt that the producers had (laughs) for us last week um because it was supposed to be the scene where sheena comes in and is like i want to give you this gift uh it's a psychic so you can talk to your dead mother and then she was supposed to talk to her dead mother through the psychic in that scene and we were supposed to believe that all just organically happened because i guess sheena has a fucking psychic on retainer um, and by the way, maybe that's a thing for the rich and famous. I don't know. I mean, now that I'm watching Grony, apparently everyone on reality television has their own psychic that they go to. So it's like, I, I would believe it at this point. Roni keeps tapping the psychic, by the way. It's really interesting. Rich people, rich people love psychics. I don't get it. The difference between last week and this week was that the producers had contempt for us. And last week, we watched this scene where Lisa Vanderpump is like, do you, did you do the, did you prepare the invoices uh, after Vanderpump Cocktail Gardens? Oh, Bullshit. is that an arm sticking out of uh, outside of the sheets over there? How can there be an arm? Is that Kara? And it's like this is so fake. Yeah. This week they wanted to replicate that exact experience, but it blew up in the producer's face. They wanted to give us the gruel, and instead they stumbled into brilliance. And they gave us a fucking gourmet feast, bitch. <laughs> they gave I us some foie say- gras with a little bit of pork belly. Something and the other. The, the only two nice <laughs> foods you know. Foie gras and pork belly. Can't even say a side dish to go with it. I've been watching I, a lot of Top Chef, right? I know. You tried to get me onto it. I'm like, no. Um, <laughs> I also will say that this kind of like separates the boys from the men, the girls from the women, if you will, of Max's kind of like being, because I don't think Max is that great at reality television. Him, them, the producers being, you're going to do this, Max. And he's like, well, okay. And you can tell he hates it. Like, he doesn't want to flirt with this girl. He doesn't want to, like, have this be his storyline. But he, like, does it. Compared to Dana, who I think's doing great this season as a newbie, who's like, Mm-mm, I'm not falling for this shit. Like, you guys can't make me do anything that I don't want to do. And I think that that, it kind of just shows their two, their two levels of how they how they're doing on the show. And I think that Dana's leaps and bounds ahead of anyone else other than Raquel and Danica. <laughs> uh, can we can we stick to this, the whole concept of overly producing? I just want to bring up another moment. We don't even need to talk about it, but it's at the Witches of WeHo party and Danica... Oh so, my God. Do you remember this? Yes. Danica suddenly says... We should play softball. Yeah. <laughs> but like, do you, Have you ever spoken to Tom Sandoval in your life? Do you remember how it starts though? It's like... She's like she says something about the wedding, and Sandoval's like, "Oh yeah, no, I was there." And she's like, "Oh, that's awesome! Like that must have been really fun at the wedding." And he's like, "Yeah, how's like, sir?" And she's like, "It's great, but I'm just thinking like we should do some sort of competition." And Sandoval's like, "Oh, like a potato sack race, right?" God. And then Danica's like, "I was thinking more like softball," and he's like, "Boom, done. Let's do it next Let's week." Do it. Yeah. Let next week on Vanderpump Rules. And it's okay, like, no, but oh also, my god, that was so fake. 
But also how it started really was um, Katie was standing there. <laughs> I cringed. I actually cringed at this moment. Katie was standing there and then she starts walking away and Tom goes, congratulations, by the way, to Katie. But Katie didn't hear her. So she just, he just, she just kept walking. And then that's when Danica goes, oh yeah, congrats on the wedding. Like that must've been fun. And Tom goes, I was actually saying congrats on the wine. But yeah, no, the wedding was fun. And I'm like, oh my God, that was the most uncomfortable like beginning of a conversation I've ever heard. I am excited for this softball game though. I think it'll be fun. And I saw pictures and Ariana like breaks her mouth or something. Wait, what? Yeah, like there's a picture of Ariana like bleeding from her mouth. I think she like gets hit in the face with a ball or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, so that was another produced moment. Uh, oh, there was another produced moment that actually has a little bit more to do with narr- like actual narrative, not just like setting up an event. Um, the club scene. Club scene. Um, my main question with club scene is why? <laughs> like, why did they just randomly all go to a club together? It's not like that's not a thing that people do, but I feel like they usually get together for like an event, like a birthday, but this was just, we're all going to the club. My, my theory is that they, they realized they didn't have enough club scenes this year. And so yeah. they just had to like hit their club scene quotient. Yeah, it was uncomfortable. Um, Brett and James had that conversation about like James being sober and Brett starts it off with like, Hey, like, are you uh, like, are you okay in the club? Like James is like, yeah, I I wouldn't come if I was going to just like relapse and drink right away. (laughs) Um, And then I don't know. I always get uncomfortable when like, I just like get uncomfortable watching straight men like talk about women in general. And they had this like weird conversation about like how hot, Charlie's outfit was and then like how like Brett and Dana are together. Wait, can I like, point out the Charlie thing? Brett's like, dude, like like how sick is Charlie's outfit right now? And then and then James goes, Well, how sick do you think Charlie's outfit yeah, is? Or something like that. Because he didn't want to answer because of Raquel. Oh, see, I thought he didn't want to answer because Charlie looked ridiculous and like <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to be like he she looks fucking stupid, mate. And then Brett's like, he looks hot. I think um, I think it was because of Raquel. Yeah, well, obviously. I mean, I just like to think that they're stupid. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I hate. I just like hate un- like uncomfortable conversations about. I don't need. I don't need to see two straight men like talking about like how hot women are. Like you don't like I, men objectifying women, right? Look, I watched uh, Jersey Shore is one of my favorite shows of all time. So it's like I've seen it and I will watch it. But like that's what Jersey Shore is about, and it's problematic, right. and it didn't age well. But. It's not what Vanderpump Rules is about, in my opinion, and I don't need that on this show. Okay? You, you need the theme to explicitly be objectifying women. Otherwise, you're not going to actually consume that content. Right. Like, Jersey Shore, they're trash because that's they treat women like objects and are terrible and say awful things. But, like, that's why I'm watching Jersey Shore. Right. Like, that's what the show is. Vanderpump Rules, like, they at least have some respect for other people on occasion. No, I'd, I'd say they don't. But I'd say Vanderpump Rules, you more so watch for, like friends backstabbing friends boyfriends cheating on girlfriends stuff like that. it's hookup culture on Vanderpump Rules yes 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 even though a little bit this season with the newbies it's a little bit hookup culture but um yeah so that scene happened I don't know they talk outside um Brett pulls Danica outside and they kind of and then Dana comes outside Dana looked fucked up by the way her eyes were like bloodshot I don't know if anyone noticed that <laughs> I didn't um, Okay, yeah, she just, like, her eyes were just, like, super red, and I was like, get it, girl. Um, Is that why when she went outside, she was just like, let's just go back inside and drink? Right, like, Danica and Brett were having this conversation, 
I think Brett initiated it being like, hey, why are you talking shit about me to Danica? Or to Dana? And I don't know. She was just like, I, don't, I can't even remember what the conversation was. But then well, Danica, Danica, Danica says like, well, that's just what I believe. Like, I just don't think that like you're the right fit for her or something. And he's like, yeah. fair enough. <laughs> right. And they, he was like, okay. And then Dana came out and then Danica's like, hey, I'm so happy you're here because we're talking about you. Which, like, I love that. And then Dana's like, okay, cool, yeah, like, I don't really give a shit what you think, and should we just go drink now? And they were all like, yeah! And I was like, this is the most pointless fucking thing I've ever seen in my entire life. But that's the newbies for you, y'all. They're not giving us anything. I just had deja vu. Someone else said that exact same thing earlier this season. The whole, like, oh, I'm glad you walked up because we're talking about you. Was it Kristen who said that? Or did someone say that to Kristen? Oh, Lala said that to Kristen. Lala Lala said it to Kristen at um, the party, the first of seven um, wedding parties on the rooftop. 17. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's actually a common theme this season, which I love. That if someone, if you are being talked about, you actually have to enter the conversation within two minutes. And then they have to address that they were talking about you. There has to be legally a notification to the individual being talked about that they are being talked about. I also think that like, Kristen entered that conversation like knowing that they were like what else would they be talking about right now and then same with Dana of like oh that's weird Brett and Danica are going outside by themselves I wonder what they're talking about oh the only thing they have in common is that he was talk she was talking shit about him okay I'm gonna go and it turned in it was a nothing drama we've seen a lot of that this season nothing dramas which I'm over I want real drama yeah, I want I want drama that takes like painstakingly amount of hours to reconcile. Like think about Katie and Stassi and the end of their friendship, right? Did the next episode they just had brunch and, and say to each other, eh, I'm over it. Yeah. Stassi was not on Vanderpump Rules for 14 fucking episodes in season four. Right. That's how big that was. And how did she get back? She had to pretend to want to be friends with Kristen again. She mm-hmm. she had to have a dinner with Tom Schwartz where Tom Schwartz called her a bitch and berated her and made her cry. Like then <laughs> then she had to wait and hope for the chance that Katie will extend an olive branch and then Katie did in Palm Springs by ambushing her. I mean, think about all that that drama just marinating, the tension building and just stewing. Like that's what I miss. Now it's just like I hate you. I fucking hate your guts and then the next episode like I'm just over it. I'm tired. Well, even like... We're all tired. Do some drama. how tired we are. <laughs> um, I think that, that also is a segue, semi-segue into um, the mm-hmm. fight, if we yeah. want to just kind of get to it. Um, if we want to get to it about like 40 minutes in. And... Um, but Kristen and Bo are talking, and this kind of all leads up because Bo is proposing next day. Lisa, he has a conversation with Lisa at Lisa's house. She says, you know, I always say don't invite Kristen places because she's a problem. But this is such a monumental moment. Stassi's getting engaged. If their friendship survives, this is something she's going to want to be a part of. And you might regret not having her there down the line. Also, can I just quickly say, brilliant Mm -hmm. Lisa Vanderpump producing. Because, you know, (laughs) if they were all cool, she would say, I don't know if I want Kristen at my house because... I have a problem with Kristen just to create a little bit, bit of drama. But now that they're on the outs with Kristen, she's like, bring Kristen along. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
And my thing with Lisa Vanderpump producing is that I will take it anytime because she does it on camera and she like structures it in a way where, I mean, no, that was brilliant. Look, that's why I say that was brilliant because it feels natural. But it's like yeah. if you really think about Lisa Vanderpump, it's like that's very inconsistent. It's very it's very early seasons Lisa though too, where she would. I think I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast. I probably have, but the staff meetings in the first couple seasons, but it was only the staff who's on the show. (laughs) She would mention like one new menu item. And then she would, during the staff meeting say, so Kristen, what didn't you say something about Jack's the other day? And then they all, (laughs) I'm like, that is brilliant. Lisa made a funny thing. Um, So Bo, Bo is grappling with his decision on if he should invite Kristen or not. And kind of, Goes and talks to her at the Witches of WeHo party. First off, Witches of WeHo party. Petty Stassi at it again. Walking into the event, barely saying hi. Going straight to the bar to start drinking. Not even interacting with Kristen. Just, it makes me uncomfortable, the whole Witches of WeHo thing. I wish the contract was over so that she could just be out of it. And then, yeah, Bo brings up, goes up to Kristen and talks about her friendship with Stassi. And, um... Kristen's mad because she's like, so we can't be friends. She at one point says, so are you afraid of Stassi then? And Because Bo, Bo says to Kristen, he's like, here's the thing. If Stassi has an issue with somebody, then that's why I can't be as close to you. Because I think earlier in the conversation, he says something like, hey, listen, we're still friends. But yeah. am I still going to go and give you big hugs? Probably not. And she's like, wait, why? Like what? You can't have your own friends? And he's like, well, right. listen, if Stassi has a problem with someone then I, I have to consider that. Like, that has to be yeah. a major consideration for me because Stassi's my person. And she's like, oh, right. so you're afraid of Stassi? And that's when I think Bo gets a little more defensive. But it's, I don't know. I I struggle with this, this uh, idea as well of can you be friends with someone who your significant other doesn't speak to or whatever. And I don't know. It's an ongoing theme on Real Housewives of New York with Alex and Simon, at least in the at least in the seasons I've watched, of people being like, so I don't like your husband, but doesn't mean I can't like you. Why do you force me to like your husband just to be friends with you? And Alex is very like, if you don't like Simon, then you don't like me. And I'm like, that's a crazy person way to think. Like, that's absolutely insane. But this is also different because Kristen is like, I still like Stassi. Right, And I like you. And I introduced you to, which by the way, very fascinating considering the fact that Kristen also introduced Schwartz and Katie. Mm. incredible right uh, she really is a matchmaker well and then but, Stassi does make that point of like oh so just because she in- introduced us does that mean she you owe her your life like you don't owe her shit for that whatever because Bo justifies their friendship by saying but they introduced she introduced us right and Stassi's like so who cares um which yeah. I think is valid in, in some ways um but it's interesting because it's not that scenario that you described in Roni it's actually Stassi the one saying I don't like Kristen True. It's and Bo's not in the position of being friends with someone who no longer likes his significant other. Kristen actually still likes Stassi. She wants right. to be friends with Stassi. Yeah. Stassi hates her. And Stassi does insert herself into the conversation. They did break the rule because nobody told Stassi that they were talking about her. So it's actually a mistake on their end. What happens? What's the legal uh, recourse they, here? They broke the they broke the contract um, because 
they should have, as Stassi walked up, said, hey, we're actually talking about you. We're glad you're here. They skipped that line. Maybe they edited it out. I don't know. But um, either way, wrong on their end to not inform Stassi that they were talking about her. Um, Possibly it illegal. It doesn't go without saying. I mean, they, Bo and Kristen could be talking about a myriad of things. I mean, they have so much in common. They're, they were probably talking about many other things. I mean, they had another conversation earlier this season where they were talking about, oh, no, no, they were talking about how Kristen doesn't get that Bo prioritizes Stasi, so they were talking right. about Stasi then too. Right. How should they talk about other things, I'm sure? They definitely have other things. I mean, they are famously best friends. And Stasi does walk in, and I think Stasi just kind of starts going at them in a way. I think at this point she had definitely had wine. Um, she had drank some wine. Arguably. And, yeah. Weirdly enough, drinking wine at a wine party. <laughs> um Kristen kind of gets herself out of the conversation quickly and she actually has a really great closing line of this is very inappropriate at a wine party and walks out and I'm like, I will be using that line going forward at any situation. If I want to leave the conversation, I'm going to say very inappropriate at a wine party. <laughs> Maybe you could say that on our next uh, Zoom party. I will say that tonight <laughs> during your Zoom party. It's Armin's birthday this week. We're having a Zoom oh, party. Thank you. And I will be leaving it by saying this is very inappropriate at a Zoom, at a Zoom party. No, <laughs> it's always party. a wine party. It doesn't matter what kind of par- party it is. It could be like a whiskey tasting party. This is so wine. inappropriate at a wine party. At a wine party. Um, yeah, and Kristen leaves, I think, which was a... I think it was a smart decision on her part because we've now seen three to four scenes all season of them confronting their problems and it just turns into Stassi attacking Kristen and Kristen not getting a word in edgewise. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so I think Kristen was like, I'm not doing this here. And especially because Kristen's kind of the only one taking the wine super seriously. I think she wanted to stay professional, which I respect. And she knew that if she stuck around, it would just turn into a Stassi yelling party, which it still did. But at least Kristen was uh, removed from the situation. Yeah, I think Stasi rolls up and is like, what's going on here? Like, why are you talking about this? I don't get why this is happening. Something like that, paraphrasing. Uh, yeah. And I think Kristen's main consideration, other than not wanting to be berated for the 19th time, mm-hmm. was business. I do yeah. think she thought it would be a bad look for the business if they got into a massive argument. There was a journalist there. I don't know if that was like a plant. Like, I mean, obviously it's... She was planted by somebody, whether it's her editor or the producers. But um, if that was for sure a real journalist, uh, then she definitely doesn't want to get into a, doesn't want to get into a huge argument, especially after they said, "Oh yeah, we never have any issues when it comes to business. Like we may yeah. have arguments as friends, and but never business." That was also great because they the editors kept going back to flashbacks and contradicting every answer they said because they Did have I- argued about the business. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, they, they cut ever- back to Saucy saying, like, we have disagreements about the business on every single issue. Yeah. And every, like, answer they give, they cut back and contradict it with flashbacks, which, once again, shout out to the editors of this show. They are doing God's work. And, yeah, and then, St- and then Saucy just goes off on Bo. I think Dark Passenger came out to play mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, I think Bo's Dark Passenger came out to play in part because of Kristen's comment. Like you said earlier, he seemed to get a little more defensive. So I think when Kristen said, what, are you afraid of her? I think that sort of triggered him in a way to want to stand up to Stassi in a way that he wouldn't have otherwise. Because when Stassi's like, 
I don't get like why are, are you like talking to Kristen when you know how much I hate her or like why are you entertaining Kristen in such a way blah blah I forget what she, exactly what she said but like Bo's like wait what like I'm not allowed to have my own friends and I think he could have handled it a little more gently especially when it's so painfully obvious that Stassi is in dark passenger mode it's like I don't mean to hurt you. I'm sorry if if it came across in a bad way. Like you could definitely be gentler. And he's like, but he's sort of like defiant in that yeah. moment. And Sasha yeah. gets even more pissed. Like I don't get this. This is so embarrassing for me. Like why is this even a question? And then mm-hmm. Bo stops looking at her, and then that leads to her like getting really angry. And she's like, mm-hmm. look at me, look at me. Like why won't you look at me? Like and and then she says some shit like okay fine like it's i guess you're choosing Kristen over me and uh, uh well, she, she says that she says that you can either go home with Kristen or you go home with me <laughs> right and then i she just storms off kind of well and and then she says something like am i not your person bo am i your person and he doesn't respond he just kind of looks on with this cringe face like uh, and she's like wait Bo am I am I not your person Bo am I not your person she like asks it like four times he doesn't right. respond very strange move Bo I would have just said of course um, well, and then she's like okay I'm going and she storms off well the irony of this whole situation and I don't know if it's actually irony or not but it is going to be now is that he's proposing in probably about 12 hours right right like that's probably around like 7-8pm and he's proposing yeah. the next afternoon <laughs> so it was like an uncomfortable scene to watch because we know what's happening the next day. And we know that the entire reason that he was even talking to Kristen was to like gauge the room of like, if he should invite her or not. And then Stassi having to go off and be like, I'm not even your person and like all this stuff. And it was just, I mean, we've been watching it and every fucking week I yell at the TV, just shut up, Stassi, be patient. Like, I just want to like, I just want to grab her by the shoulders and like shake her and just be like, chill the fuck out. Like, let him do it. He knows what he's doing. He's not an idiot. Give him some fucking credit. But this has nothing to do with the proposal, right? I know. But like, I think it's, I think the, am I your person? Am I the person? That's stemming from her insecurities of him not proposing yet. Like, Ooh, okay. Wait, I have a theory. That's, that's going to jump off here. I don't think that stems from the insecurity of the non-proposal because you even, brought up the fact that she knows she's going to be proposed to. You brought this up a few episodes ago. It's yes, just but- the timing of it that is stressing her out because she wants to make sure it happens before the end of filming this season, right? Yes. So she knows it's going to happen. I believe in this very episode, she says something like, I know at some point Bo and I are going to be married with kids. Right. That doesn't stress her out. Um, this is what I think is really stressing her out. Throughout this whole episode... She refers back to 2013 multiple times. At the very uh-huh. beginning when she's chatting with Tom and Katie and Bo, she talks about when uh, Kristen slept with her boyfriend. At another point, she brought it up. Uh, and then, even I think in this whole argument, she, she references it. Or at least at the wine party, maybe earlier in the wine party, she references it when her and Bo are chatting at the table. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, yeah. I think. It's brought up multiple times, and and this goes back to a theory I've definitely discussed with a few people. I'm not sure if I've said it on this podcast. Stassi has always wanted to get rid of Kristen. And that's why I made this joke earlier that Stassi pretended to be friends with Kristen. I believe, obviously, there was the failed, you know, takedown in season three, right? Mm -hmm. What was season three about, largely, uh, you know... 
other than a myriad of things like Schwartz cheating on Katie, it was also about the fact that Stassi wanted to excommunicate Jax and Kristen from the group because she thought they were, you know, to such terrible people, right? She fails because everyone's like, well, why don't you just forgive them and move on? Let's all party and hang out. Probably had to do a lot uh, with money as well because Stassi was like, I don't give a shit. I'm going to make my own way. I'm, I'm going to leave Vanderpump Rules. So, um, you know, she had less of a vested interest in maintaining those friendships, right? Everyone else was like, Stassi, let's just stay friends. So she fails to take down Kristen, and then she co- and then she comes back in season four because she realizes she made two huge mistakes. One, she wasn't making it without Vanderpump Rules, and two, um, she still wanted to be friends with Katie, and Katie then basically excommunicated Stassi from the whole group, right? Mm-hmm. And that was basically like Katie's reign of terror when Katie was on top of the whole group briefly for like 14 episodes. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Terrible times. Sheena was also on top. Um, yeah. PTSD. Why'd you bring that up? The only way Stassi could get back into, gr- into the group was through Kristen. Because Kristen was vulnerable at the time. She was also basically out of the group uh, other than with like Sheena. Um, so like Stassi saw a little bit of an in. And Saucy became friends with Kristen, I believe, looking back now. I thought it was authentic at the time, but now I'm looking back and I think her plan all along was to just get back in Katie's good graces because she's always loved Katie the most. Mm-hmm. And then to just plant the seeds throughout the years, right? Until she built up enough equity so she could take down Kristen when the time was right. She just needed to find the opening, and I think she found the opening. Because the way she references it, you could kind of tell. It's like she still holds the animosity. She says at one point in this episode, she's like, I forgive, I've forgiven Kristen for the terrible things she's done. I've, I've forgiven her for, for so much worse. And it's like, hmm, have you? By the way it sounds, I don't think you've actually forgiven her. I think now you're getting payback. You're getting real retribution now. Claiming it to be one thing, but we've talked about it. The whole Carter thing is petty. You guys are supposedly mad at Kristen because she tells inconsistent tales of her relationship yeah. with Carter. What? Which is the least worst thing she's ever done. Exactly. I think Stassi has been able to manipulate Katie into believing that this is an intolerable offense. I mean, she's kind of said that herself of like, it's not even about one thing anymore it's just the fact that like she doesn't want to be friends with Kirsten anymore because of all the fucking psycho shit she's done over the year and she's done dealing with that yeah but but i do think it has a lot to do with the inciting incident of it all oh for sure for sure for sure which was Kristen sleeping with Jax. you also <laughs> that whole time all i could think about was that meme of the guy from it's always sunny in philadelphia <laughs> pointing at the board like a crazy person and it's like a thousand different charts and like numbers all leading to one another and i'm like <laughs> this is what armin does for glad to see like <laughs> i'm charlie (laughs) yeah no but it is true i guess yeah i think uh, it's a theory yeah no no no. and then i think that it does check out with her being like am i your person am i your person of like is my plan all going to fucking go to waste because my soon-to-be fiance won't stop talking to fucking kristen because wouldn't that be ironic if everybody iced out kristen except for her fiance and then she just has to stay on. <laughs> I think that my my theory holds a little bit of ground, too. That she's a little bit... I'm not saying she's, like, doubting that they're going to get proposed. But I think that she can... She's allowed to be a little bit self-conscious of, like, am I your person? Am I your person? Like, you haven't proposed yet, even though it's about t- less than 24 hours away from happening. That she can be a little bit... She's been freaking, she's been freaking out all season about it. Right. And... 
as much as I still agree with my, she wants it to happen on camera and there's only about like two weeks left to summer or whatever. I think it also still stems from, I think that people, until you put a ring on it, there's, there might always be that little insecurity in the back of people's heads of like, so there's technically nothing keeping us together, whatever. Uh, I don't know. So you never know. She no, could just be- I think you're right. It's it's a part of it. Um, I mean, even last year, Stassi and Bo got into this massive argument, and a big part of it was that Stassi's insecure. And Bo said something like, "How are you putting like all of your past on me? I've never cheated on you. I've never betrayed you. Yeah. Those were other guys, yeah. and you can trust me because I've never given you a reason not to trust me." So yeah. Stassi still has those insecurities. I think we could even fold these two things together. Stassi probably on some level thinks, shit, is, is is Bo going to cheat on me with Kristen? Right, oh my God. Is Kristen going to try at least? Like, is is, is she going to put my relationship at, in, in jeopardy? I kind of hope that happens. That'd be so good. <laughs> I need drama. I'm like, look, I don't give a shit about their actual lives and personalities anymore. I want drama. If Bo was a lesser person, it would happen because I think Kristen would try to make it happen. I know, that's so sad. No, I love Kristen. (laughs) I mean, hey, but Kristen is who she is. I believe in Kristen. I think she's changed. I think Bo is too good of a dude. Oh, absolutely. Bo would never. Yeah, he he just Um, never would. Well, that's how the episode ended. I think that it was fine. I don't know. It was very, like, early season Stassi coming out. I think that once the proposal happens next week, her craziness is going to subside. Because I think she'll be like, I got what I wanted and I don't care anymore. Well, you know what I, I've found, Rye, with these type of people? The craziness never subsides. The goalposts just move. She'll find a new reason to be crazy. Yeah, and speaking of crazy, can we just like really quickly um, talk about the best part of the episode, which is that there was not a single glimpse of Jackson Brittany. Not even, not even in the background at a party. Like, there was not a single fucking moment with them. And I, thank God, and I didn't even notice that they were gone until it showed the preview for next week and Brittany was there. And I was like, oh my God. They weren't even fucking here, and I'm so happy. So I'm watching this episode with Camille, and I pointed out at the end of the episode, and Camille's like, oh, well, they're probably on their honeymoon. That's what I thought. But Jax and Brittany are supposed to be at the proposal party the next day, and they were in the last episode, which just took place like a yeah. day or two or whatever before this episode. True. So what? They had a two-day honeymoon? No. They just weren't <laughs> in-, in this episode, which is amazing. And by the way... That proves that you can maybe have an episode, a whole season without Jackson Brittany or just kick them and off nobody, entirely. And nobody would fucking blink an eye. Yeah, I was very pleased at the end. I was like, why did I enjoy this episode so much? All right, because those freaking idiots weren't on there. Um, yeah, so I don't know. We'll be back next week. I'm excited to see the proposal. Um, I'm excited to see. I, I don't know if they invite Kristen or not. I'm assuming they don't. But I kind of want to see if they do. I hope they do because I think it'd be a good drama. We missed one thing. Hmm. Sheena getting mad at Brett and Max for not texting her after her surgery. I just have to bring that up because <laughs> it, it harkens back to a season two storyline. Oh my God. When Stassi, sorry, when Sheena was upset at Stassi for not mm. texting her after her surgery, her teeth surgery. Her teeth surgery. I remember her teeth surgery. Oh my gosh, yes. I mean, it's so tired. It's so tired. I mean, I know. I, it, it's just the most Sheena thing to be upset about. Time is these a flat circle. Obvi- just These guys obviously are not your fucking like, close friends. You can tell yourself as many times as you want that you're best friends, but they don't give a shit about you. They, you annoy them. 
I think they just tolerate her because they have to because they're on the same fucking show. <laughs> exactly. And it shows. I'm like, dude, they're not texting you after the surgery and you're upset about it and they don't even fucking blink an eye. Like, Brett had some, like, canned excuse about why. Well, I thought you would reach out to me because you <laughs> are. And she's like, okay, yeah, I always reach out to you never reach out to me. And she's I like, that's not like, a friendship. Like, that's not like a real friendship where I always have to reach out to you and I always have to set things up and I always have to do this. And it's like, yeah, it's not a real friendship. He doesn't want to be well, friends I, with you. And that's what I'm that's why I'm hoping that maybe possibly it'll open Sheena's eyes to finally like give up on fucking pretending like these guys who all you want to do is fuck them are their best friends. So I'm over it. I'm over it. <laughs> all right. Now we mentioned it all. Now we've mentioned it all. Um Lala and James are friends again, whatever. Oh, Don't right. want to even talk about that. Boring. We see that every we see that scene every season. They go to the studio together, they're friends again, and then something's gonna get messed up. But uh, James is gonna like call Randall fat or something, and they're gonna right, stop right, being right, friends right. for a minute. Yeah. So that was the episode. I mean, what a what a wild. I, I I how many more episodes are there? Hopefully, like not a lot. Yeah, I don't know. Proposal next week. Hopefully, that'll be fun. I don't even know what else to expect. I think the I don't know the softball game might be the finale or something. Um, it's supposedly yeah. next week, and I remember from the mid-season trailer there was a bunch of Jackson Brittany drama, which hasn't happened yet. Oh yeah, because he has to start. He has to start regretting that they got married. Right, I forgot about that. I mean, well, that um, happened okay. the moment he got married, but more, right. more uh, outwardly, right? Um, well, I would love to hear everyone's opinions on the psychic scene. Um, obviously, that was the most controversial moment that we've ever had on this podcast in all of history mm-hmm. and i would love to hear what other people thought did you like it did you not did you feel weird um tweet uh, tweet at us at hot and bravo you could tweet directly at ryan at the real rye alk uh ryan do you want to plug anything else or, or tell people where they can um dm you about how wrong you are about all these vanderpump rules observations Right. If you guys have any um, disagreements with me or you think that I'm wrong, you can actually keep that to yourself. And um, if you agree with me and you think that I'm correct and hilarious and perfect, you can actually find me on Instagram at Ryalk, R-Y-A-L-K, or Twitter at The Real Ryalk. And I would love to have some discourse with you and chat. If you actually disagree with me, that's I'm more than happy to take that. It's just understand that you actually are wrong. But if you're willing to be publicly wrong, that's um, totally up to you. And I would actually accept that. And uh, you were also uh, right about many a thing on uh, the latest Holly Strick podcast, which we co-host together. If any of you are still listening to this recap two hours in, um, you know, (laughs) I'm plugging that too. So check us out. It's Holly Shook. It's on every single podcast platform. And we talk about a lot of things, uh, uh, but mostly celebrities. But we also talk, uh, you know, politics and uh, we talk about sports and we talk about, we do Vanderpump Rules recaps there too. I mean, we do everything there. Science, a lot of times, um, nutrition. Mostly science, I'd say. So, yeah, thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye.